Hey everyone, my name is Todd Schmink, and welcome to the From the Couch, where I dive into a variety of mental health topics designed to give you greater insight into how your mind works so that you will have greater psychological flexibility. Now, this is part three of three in the dealing with distress topics. I broke it down into three smaller parts just because I wanted to keep them as close to 10 minutes as possible. And I think I've been able to do just that. I went over a little bit on the first one, but I got much closer on the second one. And here we go. We'll see if I can do it on the third. Now, in the past, I concentrated on coming to terms with your mind. That was, of course, being aware that the one of the number one jobs of the mind is to solve problems and what that entails, how to get away from it, how to give ourselves some space. The second was actually, once we are aware that the mind's doing that, was actually stepping back and labeling, noticing what those thoughts are that come up all the time, those recurring thoughts, where they come from, and do I want to buy into them? Is believing these, is uh, becoming subject to these, is following after these things something that's going to be useful and workable given what matters, given what I value. But I pressed into a way to learn how to find exceptions, becoming aware of cognitive biases, which generalize, uh, catastrophize, make things the worst things going to happen type of a moment, and being able to once again, pull away, step away and see those things. And then I ended that with the STOP or the stop technique as another way to utilize giving yourself some space, taking some breath and observing what's going on outside internally and then being able to figure out where do I go from here based upon what actually matters to you, what your values actually are. So today I'm going to actually move into playing around and understanding what energy is and how to manage it, especially when dealing with a chronic illness. There are a number of things that can get in the way and can tap that resource that you don't even realize actually occurring. It's hard enough to manage our energy when we're healthy. It's even more difficult when we're dealing with something. And I don't need to tell you, you can just draw on your experience. Either you have a chronic illness, you're supporting somebody with a chronic illness, but everybody can relate to a time when you've had a cold. It takes a toll on the energy levels that you have in your body and you just want to sleep it all off. Well, this is, we're going to play around with becoming more aware of just that and different things that you can do to actually add and, and keep track of your energy levels throughout the day. So with that being said, I first want to just bring to, to mind the concept that we all tend to think of time as our most precious resource. And yeah, I would say that we get a finite number of hours here on this earth, and it is most certainly a precious resource. But I'd like to make the argument, however, that energy, not time, is your most precious resource. And the reason I actually bring this up is that, yes, we have an allotted amount of time, which we don't even know, but let's just say 100 years. However, if we don't pay attention to our energy, how we're actually engaging, we're more likely to waste that precious resource of time. So then it's almost like we need to pay closer attention to our energy levels and less to the time. A lot of the different components that are out there, especially when I was in the corporate world, was all about time management and multitasking. 
Now, multitasking, we can have, and I really don't believe that that's something that is accomplished or accomplished very well. And there's plenty of research to back that up. But time management is the emphasis. Time management is the cultural story that we buy into. I have to manage my time. But how often have you actually planned your day right down to the minute? And you go through the day and it's after lunch, it's one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon and you've run out of energy. And now everything that you had slotted to get done doesn't get done, doesn't get done as well, or you start to slowly fall behind. And now we got added stressors, added anxiety because we're not performing, we're not achieving, or whatever rule that may be running in the background driving us starts to add up. So there you can see that energy is going to be the thing we need to pay closer attention to. Now, if we're dealing with a chronic illness, this becomes even more important. In that with the chronic illness, we is that's actually sapping physical health. It's not that we're engaging too much in a project or having to deal with a hard emotional situation where we have to be on our game, we have to present or whatever it happens to be. We're actually dealing with physical side effects from chemotherapy or different types of drug regimens or just the actual pain or physical therapy, all of these components and it's going to wipe us out. So how do we deal with this? What are some of the things we can do to play with this? Well, in my book, I talk about a real simple measure. Take 10 clips, paper clips, 10 pennies, 10 something, and you put it in one pocket. And what I want you to do is just, as you go through the day, when you are about to do something energy-wise, take one of those clips out. If it's gonna be the medium, mid-range engagement of energy, one clip, put it in your other pocket. If it's going to be something that requires a lot of energy, two, put it in your pocket. Now, what you want to do is pay attention at the end of the day, if all of the paper clips have transferred from one to the other and you feel fine, well, then you've got a pretty good measurement of your time. Now, however, if it's one o'clock and you still have paper clips in your right hand pocket, energy that's still there, but you actually don't have energy, well, then you have been estimating incorrectly and you need to pay attention the next day as you try the exercise again. Or the reverse of this is that you have all of your paper clips are in your left side saying that I've spent this energy and yet you still have plenty of energy. Once again, you've overestimated or you, you haven't estimated well enough how much energy you're actually expending. Now the latter would probably be a better problem than the, the previous example. And what I really want you to pay attention to and what most people do is they tend to pull, don't pull enough from their reserve. They don't keep track of it enough and they run out of steam around two o'clock. That's the more common scenario. But that way though, this gives you a way to begin to gauge. So you have to go see the doctor, well, it was one. And then I had to go in and do PT and that was another one. And then I had to meet with a friend, that was another one. But you're dead tired when you're meeting with your friend. That means there were more paper clips, more tokens that needed to be accounted for. This begins to give you a way to begin to gauge. So there's a lot more to this. It's inside of my book. Uh, you can walk through that. I even have a few articles and I'll probably make another video going after just that. Actually, I think I might already have one. If I find it, I'll make sure that it's linked above. But I wanted to speed up a little bit because I'm running out of time. I wanted to give you one more thing to begin to play with because I promised it. And that would be the bonus material being a five, four, three, two, one exercise. 
this exercise is a way to diffuse. It's a way to be present in the moment. It's a way for us to, to once again, get distance. It allows us to just be able to, to step into that place and be able to observe using the stop technique or any of the other things that are out there. But this one can be used anytime, any place, and it's as simple as this. Five things you notice. Four things you can actually feel, like my butt on this chair, the sweater resting on my shoulders, um, my watch, the pressure of my watch around my wrist, and my feet in contact with the floor. You could be the smoothness of the glass. It's just an actual physical sensation. Three things that you can actually hear. My voice, a car going by outside, the rain, whatever it happens to be. Two things you can smell. And finally, one thing you can taste. When you find yourself and you're able to stop and step back, five, four, three, two, one. I love this technique. I utilize this technique all the time. And this technique is something I have found when people are dealing with pain, when people are dealing with a worrisome thought, which just doesn't go away. Five, four, three, two, one gives them a break, gives them some distance. Now remember, if we don't fill the name with a committed action based upon something that matters of value, we will tend to fall back into that thought, that, that sensation, that experience we were having. So we don't want to use 54321 as a way to just escape, but we do want to, to practice it as often as we can. And then we're trying to remember utilizing the observe and then proceed based upon what matters here. 54321. So go ahead and give this a shot right now, especially if you're dealing with an emotional issue. And just notice how you feel before and then how you feel during you're doing the process and how you feel after the process is done. Five, four, three, two, one. It doesn't have to be five things you see, four things you can feel. You can flip it around. If you're eating dinner, five things you can taste, four things you can smell. If you're at a concert, five things you can hear, four things you can feel. You can move these around. Five senses, five numbers, five, four, three, two, one. Go ahead and give this a shot. Try these things out. Make sure you go back, review. Between that, I've given you at least three good concepts and about four or five techniques you can actually use to help yourself move through and deal with distress in a much more psychologically flexible way. That's the goal of Team Positive, one of the goals of Team Positive anyhow. It's primarily chapter six all the way through. It gives a lot more of these tools, although I've got them in the front of the book as well. So be sure to check out Team Positive. And then keep in mind, chronic illness is very broad, from cancer to anxiety to depression to fibromyalgia to Parkinson's. If it's something that's chronic, ongoing, that's what this book was all about. That's what this program's all about. And that's why I put these out there, to try to help people move their way through, whether the person actually dealing with the chronic illness or you're somebody on the support team or the main champion supporting the person with the chronic illness. I hope, I hope that they do, do you well. May you be well.